0: Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. We have come to the end of our series, Same God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Today, Jacob Peck concludes our series by telling us that we can still approach the throne of God with boldness. This message was recorded on April 13th, 2023 at the Columbine Suites at the UC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are. Leave as a new creation.
1: I didn't want to see any more high fives. Hands down. Oh. (laughs) How's everyone doing tonight? Welcome to Chi Alpha. It's good
2: to see all of your faces.
1: Tonight, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, as always, prayer meetings. Yeah. Led by J T Dunzo. That's right. Yeah, that's right. As you can see, we've gotten so close, the nucleus. Um, oh Tuesdays at 11 from from 11 to 12 at that's the right. campus commons. It's really good. It's yeah. really good. You should go. Yep. All right. Uh, next up is Men's Advance this
2: weekend. Register. Yeah. Ooh. 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 yeah. yeah. That's right. Uh, tonight is the last chance to register. So if you're coming, scan that QR code right now, right now, right now. Be a
1: man. right now. Do it now, right now, Do it now. now, now. Put
2: the cookie down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you need help with money, let us know. We can help you. Don't let that be the factor you don't come. Yeah. If you need help with money, let us know. Yeah. That's right. Um. Uh, those who are driving if you're driving two men's advance can you just stand up for me and i'm standing as well i'll be driving as well so uh if you don't have a ride find one of these people you know yeah pretty pretty good looking guys right there yeah
1: cool all right this one's for the ladies corey 10 boom day now yeah who's that no you're like what the heck who is corey 10 boom so we have talked about ODGs, Old Dead Guys. This is an ODW, an Old Dead Woman. She's very good. If you have any books by Corey Tim Bowman, boom, you should read them because they are so good. This is ladies only. Uh, it's this Saturday from 12 to 3, okay? Potluck style. Uh, bring a food. So it'll be something to share. Um, yeah, make sure you go to that.
2: Yeah. All right. Uh, next week we're actually not going to be in here. That's we're going right. to that's be right. doing a worship night at the Vineyard
1: Church. It's going to be
2: a special, yeah, a special message from George Cedars. He's going to he's going to give us his heart, yeah, for worship. And um, another thing uh, that's not on this slide is uh, we're actually um, we're going to do as Kai Alpha a three-day fast. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So starting Tuesday morning, or I guess Monday night. Till Thursday night, yep. uh, we want we want to ask you not ask you. We want to invite you to join us in prayer and fasting for our campus, for each other, for um, God to do something incredible. Yeah. So, Peter, and we'll break it after. Uh, what is fasting, during... and why do we do it? Oh yeah, fasting. Um, fasting <laughs> is where you. Uh, thank you, thank you for that. Um, fasting <laughs> is where you voluntarily choose not to eat food. Uh, for a set amount of time, and you devote that time that you would be preparing and eating food to prayer. Yeah. And um, so it's, uh, the purpose is to uh, draw closer to God. Yeah. Um, it's not like self-mortification or uh, something like that, but it's, we, you know, it's this desire to draw close to God, to, um, to give up this wonderful thing that God has given us, to seek him to get get deeper with yeah it's good right, right, right. Yeah. yeah yeah so yeah.
1: tuesday monday night will be the last time you eat till thursday yeah. B- biblical style though right peter so as soon as the sun rises on tuesday this fast starts yeah and then when the sun sets you can feast on thursday on thursday
2: yeah on thursday, thursday. <laughs> yep yeah.
1: yeah drink water please drink water
2: it's up to your conscience if you want to do coffee or tea or whatever else but um it's not like a smoothie thing either. It's no, no, food. no calories. No food. that makes sense? No food. Yeah. No food. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. End of the year party. So, yeah. That's right. So, this next week, like you said, we're at the Vineyard. But the week after that, we're going to have the end of the year party. Yeah. Um, that's right. I don't actually know where it is yet. To be announced. So, just keep up, keep up on the social media, TBD. Uh, see where it's at. Two weeks. Uh, 7 p.m. We'll have food, games, memories, water baptisms. Yeah. Hey! So if you want to get baptized, make sure you go to your small group leader or if you don't have a small group leader, find somebody. And let's talk about that so you actually know what baptism is. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, cool. All right, now we're going to pray over offering. Offering.
2: Yeah. Duncan always gets so hyped about it.
1: (laughs) All right, let's pray.
2: Lord, um, God, thank you for uh, what you have blessed us with. Thank you for financial resources to live and uh, eat and, you know, go to college and whatever else, God. Um, Lord, I pray that uh, anyone who would feel it on their heart to give uh, would give tonight. Lord, you say that you love
1: a cheerful giver. Um, So, Lord, yeah. Thank you. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, Honor bombs. We were doing honor bombs. Uh, Rachel, would you come up?
3: So the wonderful lady that I'm going to honor tonight isn't here because she is not feeling so well, but I don't need her to be here to honor her. So um, I want to honor my wonderful friend, Maddie, uh, who's, yeah, yeah woo! Yeah. Um, she has been my small group girl since the beginning of um, the first semester, and she has just um, shown incredible love for Jesus and incredible love for the people around her. And knowing Maddie back in August and knowing Maddie now, she has just grown so much in her faith and just her um, pursuit of the Lord. And I had a verse um, that reminds me of her. It's Hebrews five thirteen and 14. Now everyone who lives on milk is inexperienced with a message about righteousness because he is an infant. But solid food is for the mature, for those whose senses have been trained to distinguish between good and evil. And this, these two verses really reminded me of Maddie, um, just of her journey of faith and, and where she has come from and where she is now. And, and Maddie is definitely like our small group girl. That's like our meat eating girl at this point in the semester. And she just, um, she just wants to know more about the Lord and she just dives into it. And she led an incredible small group night on the book of Ruth. And I was just so like impressed. And I was convicted by what she had to say. And she just blew me away with um, how much wisdom that she has gained over the past year. And so I just wanted to honor her tonight and just show her how much I love her.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, good. Yeah, come on. And uh, I'm going to honor someone, actually, tonight. So I wanted to, uh, I wasn't, this is kind of on the spot, but I, I wanted to honor George. Um, yeah. If, if you haven't gotten to know this man, uh, then you're missing out. So that's if there's right. anybody in this room that represents, like, what it means to have a heart after God, it's George. And you you can clearly see that when he worships or just hanging out with him, everything he does points to him uh, I think of like honestly when I think of like uh an example for that, like if you guys read the Bible like you should um, uh think of the heart of David and like how David was seeking out god like i i see I see George and uh, he's got his guitar david's got a harp it's it's kind of similar, <laughs> but you know relate it as you will, but um just being around him is a blessing and he does everything with uh, full pure heart intent. He yeah. he does nothing with malicious yeah. or deceitful uh, desire. And so yeah, right. George, I appreciate you. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I love you, bro.
2: That's so good. Hey, Moving on, um, Duncan is going to uh, is going to intro a guest we have tonight. Hey guys, hey, how you guys feeling? You feeling good? Oh, yeah. Feeling good, yeah,
0: yeah. Man, those are some good announcements, right, Jaden? Those were good oh, announcements. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like, like school is is almost over, but there's still so much going on. You know? Yeah. Now I wanna I wanna before I invite up. Uh, some special friends of mine I want to just say this and we all know this right that God's kingdom is bigger than UNC right Right. right. it's bigger than Ames It's bigger than Greeley you know God's kingdom advances beyond the United States right that's that's crazy you guys remember back last semester we had our friend Mark Renfro with us you remember that and he spoke about being, being like slaves to Christ, like giving up your rights and following Jesus to the ends of the earth because Jesus loves the world. He loves the world, right? And so we have this great privilege in the kingdom of God to be partnered with people around the globe who are doing exactly what we're doing here, but around the world. They're telling people about Jesus. They're making friends. They're doing small groups. They're worshiping God in different languages with different kinds of music. And I cannot wait for eternity because we're going to get to meet all these people, right? right? Like a lot of us in this room give financially to missions, and we don't necessarily know the people we're in. Impacting, but one day we're going to meet them, right? So I want to uh, uh, just this one last thing. Let me say this. I know I'm rambling at this point. So if Lori was here, she'd be like, come on, come on. Uh, I got saved in Ki you guys know that. And I walked with Jesus for eight years in Texas before I moved to Colorado. And in those eight years, I got to know some wonderful friends that are now missionaries around the world. And a couple of those are here tonight. So I want you guys to give it up as loud as you can for Will and Jella Lester. Y'all come on up. Yeah.
4: Take as long as you want. Thanks, man. You can meet Jella afterwards. She she doesn't like mics, so I'm just going to speak for both of us. But thank you, man. We're you guys. You guys have a really a, a privilege of having the chances with you. You know yeah. we. We, we've known them a lot of years, um, and he was probably going to read me afterwards for honoring him. But, uh, but we have a lot of buddies, we go way back. And I got a lot of dirt on a lot of guys. Yeah. I don't, have, I don't really have much on Duncan. Dang. He's always, he's got such a solid head on his shoulders. And <laughs> I mean, he's, a, if you, you guys know him. He's a real general in the in the army of God, but he's one of those generals where you just might find his medals tucked away in a bottom drawer somewhere. Yeah, just real humble and just real amazing. So
1: yeah, thanks.
4: So my name's Will. Uh, My wife Angela and I we uh, we're we're stoked to be with you guys. We've got four boys. They're probably tearing the chances house up right about now. (laughs) And uh, and so we're just grateful to be here. We're gonna. I just love to share our story, a little bit of our story, kind of the flyover, because we've been in the Middle East for a number of years now. And it all kind of started in a seat and a season, kind of like what you're sitting in. And uh, so, you know, we, we, were in, we were down in Sam Houston and part of Chi Alpha <laughs> learning these deep and godly convictions, right, that you guys are probably walking through right now, how to walk with God with your whole heart and your whole life, not a, not a Sunday morning faith or a chapter a day keeps the devil away, but, yeah. but an actual yeah. walk with God. Yeah. And we start, we start loving Jesus. He puts this burden on our heart. You know, of course, everyone's got the universal burden of lostness. We want the lost to know Jesus. But then we started this awareness of access, that there are people around the world that are equally as lost as those on UNC campus, but have no access to the gospel. You know, we're on a mission trip. I was on a mission trip to Russia. We, we buy a bunch of mountain bikes. We break them down into pieces. We fly to Russia. We rebuild them. We take a bunch of college-age guys on this trip where we bike and then camp and bike and camp and bike and camp all the way to the Black Sea. You know, here, you guys would know, we go up and down our mountains on switchbacks, right? An yeah. incredible invention where you go up like this and down like this. In Russia, you put your bike on your pack. You climb up. And then you just floor it down the other yeah. side. So we're flipping off our bikes and, you know, these Russian dudes are hitting trees. And we end up a bloody mess at the bottom in the riverbed and we're camping. And, of course, one thing leads to another. We're sharing the gospel. And for the first time, watching this, this gospel we present translated into Russian and then watching their face from somebody who for the very first time hears the name of Jesus. Wow. Like it's some guy we know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not, not some concept that they've kind of figured out and they don't want, right. like a lot of you would have on your campus, on the campus, yeah. right? But a clean slate right. because there was no access there. Mm. Wow. So it sends Angeline to the season of, you know, we're, the Lord asked, would you follow me? Would you follow me anywhere? Yeah. And even when we were younger and didn't have kids, that anywhere, it held a lot of weight. Right. And that sent us into a season of going on trips and, you know, gallons of coffee with wise counsel and tons and tons of prayer. And, and eventually we're unified and we know that the Lord is leading us to the Middle East. And we don't really know what that looks like. And then some of our really good friends, like Mark, create this thing called Live Dead, which is planting the church amongst unreached on teams. Yeah. And they're like, do you want to be a part of it? And we're like, we'll pray about it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So we launch out and we serve on a Live Dead launch team. In Jordan where we basically start the mountain that is learning Arabic some missiology training how do you make disciples in tough places in Islamic context souping together and forming teams that would send out and so we end up on it we end up committing to the team that's heading to southern Iraq and so we end up over there and where we land in Iraq with all our kids (laughs) and the Lord the Lord says you're walking into a season of removing stones from the field. And if you've ever had any farming experience or you can imagine, removing stones from the field doesn't feel like farming, but it's a vital part of turning rough and rugged ground into fertile soil. And when I say Iraq, what comes to your mind probably isn't good, right? It's probably something like the stones that we discovered of 40 years of either dictatorship ISIS terrorism, what we lovingly call now the wild wild east. You just replace mopeds with horses and there's there's shootouts in the street and there, we don't know if we're taking our kids to school because there's burning tires and we don't the, the the protests in the street, political instability that's on top of 125 degrees outside. Our kids are like, "Daddy, why are my eyes burning?" you know? And there's just stone after stone and just what we were up against was this incredible task. But step by step, season by season, and stone by stone, we saw the Lord do some incredible things. Amen. And we started to see people come to know Jesus, leaving Islam. Yeah. Essentially, their family saying, you come back to being a Muslim or we will take your life. Wow. They meant it, they do it, and it's legal. But then in the middle of the night, they'd pack a bag and they'd leave. Wow. Fast forward, and all of those believers are meeting together, and we're opening our Arabic Bible. We're praying in Arabic, worshiping in Arabic. You better believe the Holy Spirit knows Arabic. Because oh, yeah. He would pour okay. out on that little group. And they're not marked by fear that you yeah. might expect. But they're marked by boldness, ready to go out and make disciples that make disciples. Yeah. The DNA that we have isn't Kayalfa. It's Jesus, yeah. right? That's he right. makes disciples that makes disciples. And so we were privileged and honored to be a part of that. We've now, we're now in transition where we were on a live-dead team in Iraq and now we're heading into Israel, Palestine yeah, wow, to be man. kind of over and for, see over all of the church planting teams across the country. and so But we know that if He can do it in a place like Iraq, He can do it anywhere. That's right. Amen. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Just to something I'd love to share with you as we head into this, you can imagine with Israel-Palestine, it's a place where there's a holy site around every nook and cranny, oh, yeah. right? Every corner you turn, there's an Islamic, or there's a Christian, there's a Jew, you know Jewish holy site. And so you think about this idea of these people coming to these sites for whatever it looks like to, to gain or to get this holiness, this rub their trinkets and then put it in their house like a holiness candle or something. But holiness is not a place. That's right. Holiness is a person. That's right. And so we'd love to hang, we, we got this banner over here, if you can see this banner, lived at Origins, that's Israel-Palestine. Afterwards, we'd love to put a prayer card in your hand and, and thank you for praying. You know, one day, maybe, just maybe, you'll end up having a conversation with the Lord that where he asked, would you follow me anywhere? Maybe, just maybe, it'll end up with a conversation with us, how to serve in difficult places, whether it's Israel or other. Maybe, maybe not. But, if you spend time with Jesus, you will then become a holy site in your life. That's
2: good.
4: In this room, there are authentic holy sites whether it's your small group leader or someone you know that walk with Jesus. And that's our task, because holiness isn't a place. Holiness is a person. And if He's living in us, then people in our life and on this campus will make a pilgrimage from their life into ours to meet and be with our source of holiness, Jesus. Amen? So after service, you come up and hang out with us. We'd love to put a prayer card in your hand. We say if you're praying with us, you're going with us and we mean it. Yeah. Some people say, well, pray for you. Right. It's the least we can do. Yeah. That's probably not biblically correct. Right. It's cute, but prayer is the most you can do. Yeah. And so we'd love to recruit you to be praying with us to see God, <coughs> see his church planted in a place like Iraq. Amen. Thanks, y'all. Amen.
2: That's
0: incredible, right? Hey, Will, Will, Will come, on, come on. I want to do two things. Uh, Callie, can you put that offering slide back up there? And this is what I want to do. Um, every missionary to be on the field has to raise support. This is reality, right? We, we all do it in Chi Alpha. Our world missionaries do it around the world. I want us to pray for this wonderful couple and the churches that they're going to oversee. Yeah, that's, that's incredible, right? That's a, like, that's a big deal, right? But I also want to send them out with, with an amazing financial blessing. So there's these QR codes up here. Everything that we get tonight, we're going to give to them, Okay. So we scan the QR code. We're going we're to give a big missions offering to these guys. But while we do that, I want to pray. So let's all stand together. And let's lift our hands to the Lord. And let's, let's send these guys out with Jesus. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you so much for this wonderful couple, Lord, that's serving you in one of the hardest places in the world. But, Jesus, there's no fear of man when we fear you, God. Lord, we... Uh, when you are with us, we are always a majority. And so, Jesus, I pray, God, as, as, as Will and Jella and their children... Uh, are raising their support and and getting ready to leave this fall, Father. I pray, Lord, that you would go before them, O God. Lord, that you would prepare the hearts of people that they're going to meet, that they're going to speak to, O God. Lord, that the wonderful workers that have been there for years that are planting churches, O God, would you multiply their churches, Jesus. God, would you send more laborers into the field. Lord, your word talks about how the, the, the harvest is ripe, but there are no laborers. There's no one going, God. So I pray, God, that these laborers that we have have amongst us tonight, God, that you would bless them more than abundantly, Father, that you would supply every need, God, that you would bring peace to their household, God, that I pray blessings over their children as they grow in the Lord, oh God. I pray, Jesus, for their marriage that you would make it more strong than ever before, oh God, that they would be a godly example to these lost people who don't know how to love, who don't know God, who don't know the kingdom of God, Lord. I pray, Jesus, that every step they take would be the steps of you, Father. Jesus, I pray, God, that, that you would supply their every need as they go from this place, God, as they continue to raise their support, as they meet with pastors and churches and kaialphas and friends, oh God, that people would be stirred to partner uh, prayerfully and financially, oh God. Jesus, I pray that even tonight, God, that there are people in this room that would be stirred for this area of the world, this unreached area. Uh, An area with no access, little to no access, God. I pray that people would be stirred even tonight. That years from now, when people get called into missions, they remember that night, you began to stir them. So God, we praise you. We give you thanks. We give you honor. We give you glory. You get all the credit, Lord. We step aside so that you can be magnified, oh God. And Jesus, we thank you for our brothers and sisters around the world. And it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Yeah, y'all give it up. Y'all give it up. Woo! All right. Pete, you coming back up? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's good. Well. Dang. Wow, that was good. All right. And to follow it up with one of the most attractive men I know.
2: (sighs) Yeah. Mm.
1: Give it up for Jacob Peck. (laughs)
5: Hello. What? What?
0: What? what?
5: what? Hey, what? yeah. Hey, Seriously? what? Oh my no way. Oh my I'm going move some things here. Look at that hair. <laughs> <laughs> no, look
2: at the
5: hair, man. What a man. I, uh, in the PowerPoints, I put up uh, a PowerPoint slide of a bunch of pictures of me. That's like, man, look at me in high school. But it turns out I have the same hair now as I did in high school, <laughs> which it was supposed to be a reference to how, how I've changed and the... it's pretty funny. So um, how's everybody doing? Good. Yeah. Yeah? Cool. I didn't realize when you're up here how much you can't see. So this is great. Yeah. This is amazing. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, everybody's doing good. Doing good. I saw a couple new faces. Hi. Hi over there. Yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I saw a couple new faces. We're we're glad you're here. Um, So, man, uh, we are finishing up the series. uh, Same God. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're finishing up the series. Same God, and we had. Man, we had so many good teachings on the character of God. Um, and when you look at the character of God, you, you, you naturally want to divide Old and New Testament. We want to divide the Father from Jesus. And, and you, you want to um, divide the, the concepts of, of what we see our God versus what we see um, and the God of other people. And, um, one thing I wanted to point out here is... Um, as we go through the same God, my, my heart is for you guys to um, approach this in humility. Um, every lesson we've gotten to so far has been driven by the idea of, of humbling yourself to the characteristics we went through. Yeah. Um, Duncan went through the idea of the supreme ruler, God being a supreme ruler. We went through uh, he's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loyal love, faithfulness. Forgiving an inequity, transgression, and sin, and not leaving the guilty unpunished. And you may think some of these things are a little bit different than the others. You'd actually think they're contradicting. Like, uh, CJ went through um, the guilty going unpunished. Um, And you'd then you'd say, okay, well, how does the punishment coexist with the idea of abounding in loyal love? Um, And so what I want to go through today, I'm going to put this down, what I want to go through today is the idea of how do you get these things to coexist, and and the topic we have is um, approaching the throne of grace um, with boldness. That's what we're going to go through. So we're going to go ahead and start in the same uh, verse we've been going through the whole series, if you want to put it up there. Who's my slide person? Kelly. Oh, sweet. Thank you. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and read this verse. I'm going to read it from mine. The (laughs) (laughs) The Lord descended in the cloud and stood there with him as he called upon the name of the Lord. Then the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving-kindness for thousands, who forgives inequity, transgression and sin, yet he will be by no means leave the guilty unpunished. Visiting the inequity of fathers, on the children and on the grandchildren to the third and fourth generations, Moses made haste to bow down, bow down sorry, bow low toward the earth and worship. Yeah. So as we look at all these characteristics of God, um, we see Moses's response, and his response is to make haste to bow low toward the earth and worship. You, you hear all these characteristics of, of who God is, and you hear a lot of good things, and then, and you hear, um, that, you know, he also punishes the wicked, and, and the response is to, to bow low, and, and so I want to make this first point, and, and you can go ahead and put it up there, Kelly, um, Fear is the only logical response to who God is. You hear these things, and it's like, how how can I fear with with how loving God is? And and I want to make a point here. We're going to go to uh, you can put it up here. We're going to go to Deuteronomy Deuteronomy ten twenty, and and we're looking at this verse through the context of Moses comes down from the second time. Israel Israel was was worshiping this false this false calf and false God, um, calling a God. And um, Moses comes down, and he gives them all the laws and all, all the, the things that he wants Israel to do. And for this point, at this point, Israel is actually listening. And, and when you go through the Old Testament, when you read through the Old Testament, there's a lot of times you'll see where Israel says, um, it says Israel listened. And the idea is not they didn't just hear it. It didn't just go into their ears. The idea was that it actually settled in their heart. They agreed with it. They changed their ways to agree with it, and then they stuck with it. So Israel listened. So let me go ahead and read this. You shall fear the Lord your God. You shall serve him and cling to him and shall swear by his name. He is your, he is your praise, and he is your God. Who has done these great and awesome things for you which your eyes have seen? See, the fear of the, fear of the Lord is not It's not this this. Uh, bad thing. People want to say it's either a bad thing because it's the word fear. It's actually a good thing. In, in fact, a lot of people would want to try to change the wording there. Uh, they would want to change fear to just mean submission. Or they would want to change the word to, to just mean um, um, the idea of, of um, a, loving, a loving translation of fear. But the idea is, is it's fear. You fear God. Um, and we, we should thank God um, through all the char- characteristics we've gone through through Exodus, we should thank God that we fear him fully deserving and not the fear of man. Yeah. See, the idea is with all the things we've seen throughout Exodus 34, those characteristics are the characteristics of a full God who is worth fearing. Yeah. Um, you, you can't look at all those things and, and, and expect uh, God to only be one of them. A lot of times we look at the, the, the characteristics of Exodus 34 and we want to say, oh, that's my God. And we just look at one, loyal love. We want, we want to look at the, the, you know, the things of uh, the characteristics of God and say, man, that's, that's my God. And the thing is, is to continue to do that and to only abound to one characteristic of God is to actually create a God in your own image. Um, yeah. yeah, that was good. Yeah, to, to pick one characteristic of God. I'm going to say it for you, Peter. To pick one characteristic of God and only hold to that is to make God in our own image. Yeah. I, I will. I will. Don't test me, yeah, we will do it. I'm going to do it. Yeah, so, so I want to put this quote up there. And Cal, you can put it up there. Um, I, I have this quote here. To see God is only forgiving. To see God is only punishing. Such a close and dangerous thing. To see God as only forgiving, to see God as only punishing. Such a close and dangerous thing. The idea here is, is when you hear Jesus, a lot of people say, man, man, isn't Jesus just loving? In fact, there's times when you're on campus and you're sharing the gospel with people or, or you're reaching out to people and, and, of course, you want to include truth. And, and a lot of times, truth can be painful. And these people will say, man, Jesus would just love. Why aren't you loving? People, people will look at, you know, people who claim atheism, they, they'll, they'll look at you and say, how can you follow a God, a God who destroys people, a God who does these things to people? Why would God do these things? And they're only picking these things. To see God as only forgiving and to see God as only punishing is a close and dangerous thing. The idea is they're so close yet so far. Are, is, are these not the thoughts of an unreconciled man? The idea that God is just forgiving, and so you claiming to be a Christian, you're living your Christianity as if he only is forgiving. And you're not in awe and reverence of who he is. Going through Christianity and thinking, man, God is going to punish me for this. I'm going to have to deal with the consequences of this. And you're constantly trying to dodge your responsibility in him. And, and you're doing the exact same thing that an atheist would do. Got, the idea that God is just punishing. I want to put this up here. Francis Chan. Yeah. My boy. Yeah, I like the guy. Uh, he, he said, if you do not appropriately see the holiness of God, then you aren't going to see the worth of Him being for you. If you do not appropriately see the holiness of God, then you aren't going to see the worth of Him being for you. Yeah, I'm going to take a drink of water. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, Do it again. <laughs> Do it again. This is why we fear, or sorry, this is why the fear of God is necessary. It is a true response of your position, God's position, and God's heart towards his people. See, the thing is, is, is all these characteristics of God and, the fear, and having the fear of the Lord is, is completely reconciled by the fact of that, that God the God you fear, and the God of all these characteristics is for you. Thanks. That's what reconciles that. Yeah. Fear of God is not the opposite of these characteristics. It's the, it's the reconciliation of them. We're going to go ahead and go to Hebrews 12. I'm going to pull it up there. Sweet. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God, an acceptable service with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. Yeah. We can't forget that our God is a consuming fire. Yeah. And if that pulls you to one side that God is completely punishment then let me tell you this, you can't forget that our God is for his kingdom and you can't be snatched up from his hand. That's right. That's right. It's the fact that both of these things coexist. The fact that he is a full consuming fire and that you are his kingdom and his treasure that that leaves you in awe and reverence. We are secure with gratitude, reverence, and awe. I wanna say it's by the fear of God and understanding that the fear of God is, is driven by all the characteristics of God and understanding where you stand humbly before Him that leaves us to the, the, the complete ability to approach the throne of grace in boldness. This isn't a boldness that's just false confidence. In fact, to approach the throne in boldness is not merely to be confident in your Christianity, nor is it to be respected to traditions. Boldness in, to the throne is to have real reverence and awe. Driven has a response to a sober sense of reality of who God is and who you are. It's true. It's true. Yeah, so I want to go ahead... And uh, go to scripture where we see the throne of grace. Um, so if you go ahead and go to um, Hebrews four fourteen, Yeah. Yeah. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are. Yet without sin, therefore let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace, so we may may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. See, we can draw near with confidence. It's a confidence from the fear of the Lord. It's a confidence that says, "This God, who is mighty and powerful." powerful beyond any other god existing from beginning to end, Alpha Omega, this God is for me. Yeah. You can free willingly choose to draw near the throne. Um Cal, you could go ahead and throw the picture up there. This is embarrassing. Yeah Yeah I was like if I may keep the attention I'm gonna post some funny photos. No yeah. That is this guy. Yeah. I uh doesn't it? Thank you. Yeah, so this is me. Um this yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is me. Um This guy, he was a crazy dude. Uh yeah, you can tell. So uh growing up Thank you, Leah. Growing up, I, uh, I had this, this overconfidence. I grew up in a Christian home. I have 11 siblings. Um, out of all of them, I considered myself the least rebellious. Um, and with that, I had a certain confidence when I went to church. I always sang. I never was one sinning and drawing. I always listened. Um, I always seek to say the right answer. In fact, throughout high school, I had such a confidence in my character in my character, that I actually saw myself as the main character of my own life. Yeah. How many, you, how many of you guys have been through that? You are the main character of your own life. You're a good person, right? So as any good person does, I joined the military. Not to, not to boost my ego or anything. Uh, I joined the military, and people ask, man, Jacob, why did you join the military? And, and I thought, man, the, the most humble response is, I just wanted to serve. I don't care what benefits I got, but really, I just wanted to pay for school. I mean, that was it, to pay for this. Um, and so I joined the military, and, and when I was in high school, I, I had a really um, distorted view of relationships. And I started dating in high school, and, and uh, the relationships just didn't go too well. And so I joined the military, and you can imagine this guy who's really bad at relationships gets this ego. He's called, you know, he's called a Marine, and he uh, decides to go into more relationships, and next thing I know, I am spending my weekends partying, seeking out women, doing all these things, and you could imagine, actually, I brought this. You guys probably can't see it. These are my dog tags, yeah, you like that? Like that? Thank you, thank you. So, yeah, hey, you're welcome. That's why I did it, no, I was just kidding. Yeah, so, on these dog tags you see uh, you see my name you see my blood type see my social security number I shouldn't have said that Uh, (laughs) you see my branch and the last line it's interesting last line is your religious um, views and so on mine they say Christian and I remember uh, every day as I was in, in the Marines, I was in the Marines for five years. Every day I wore these dog tags, and I made sure I had them when I went out to party because I, it was a good catch for a woman. You know, They saw dog tags. They knew what that meant. And so um, I'm sitting there, and I'm doing these, these things. And I remember every time I'd come home, um, I would pray to God, hey, forgive me for this. Thank you. Good night. I'm tired. And as I prayed, I remember my mindset was so much on the idea of uh, what was gonna happen after my prayer. So I think, man, I really have to make dinner. What am I gonna eat? What am I gonna do? But I'm, I'm praying out loud. Have you guys ever done that? You have two thought lives having it at the same time? Especially in prayer, you're thinking about like, oh man, this is what I gotta do, why you're saying these words. It almost makes a uh, Christianese invalid um, in my brain. And so I'm praying for forgiveness after, you know, the 500th time doing this, you know, thing or whatever. And I'm, I'm man, I'm, I'm just thinking about this other thing. And I have this lifestyle. And if you were to ask me at any point during my service, you, if you were to ask me, Jacob, are you Christian? I would have said, yeah, yeah, I am. And I would have believed it myself. I wasn't lying to you. Like, that was my belief. I'm a believer. And these dog tags, well, I'll, I'll get into that later. But the the, the, the uh, Lifestyle I was living after the Marines did not work out well. I came back home. I thought everyone would see me as this cool dude who served my time, and man, my ego was high. And I tried to carry over that dating life into my home life. Um, and it did not land well. It did not land well. Yeah, can you believe it? And uh, so what ended up happening is I, I ended up getting a, a lot of consequences. But, but my, my twin brother, he changed. And, and I always saw him, Josh. And I always saw him as kind of, like, I always saw him as the, um, like, opposite of me, you know? And, and growing up, me thinking I'm the main character, I'm like, man, he's the main villain or whatever. And, <laughs> right, and, and, uh, and so I remember getting back, and he was just so different, and I'm like, who is this guy? And he's talking about God in amazing ways, and I'm like, we didn't grow up doing that. And so I would try to, like, one-up him with just what I knew. But he was one-upping me with relationship. I'm like, what is happening here? I had knowledge. He had relationship. I was like, what is happening? Yeah. And so I remember uh, him just, ca- and he was just so forgiving and loving. And so I'm like, okay, I got to know what happened. And so I started going to church with him. Uh, he switched churches to a different one than my family's. And uh, I started going to church with him. And at the same time, I started going to, to school. Um, actually, no, that was right before but. Um, and, and, I, and while I'm going to this church, I'm hearing these, these amazing things about the idea of, like, you know, you can have a relationship with God. You know, Christianity is outside of Sunday. Um, you're actually not even justified by your, by your Sunday gatherings. And, yeah. um, and so I'm, I'm like, man, i got to really start practicing these things out. And so I start practicing these things out. And the lifestyle I'm living, I try to maintain, this, this sinful lifestyle. And you can imagine the amount of split that's happening. Like, it's just stretching me. And so one day, I, I man, there's one day I jump in my car, and, and um, I am about to go do this thing. And, and I remember God just saying, like, and, and this is like, if you, guys, if you guys know me, I'm very cautious to say God told me, you know, you know, if you know me. And I was sitting in my car, and I heard this voice just be like, don't go. And I remember yelling out loud. I actually spoke out loud. I'm like, I'm going to go. I want to do this thing. And so I go do this thing, and, and the punishment comes crash, crashing down um, in response. And I just remember, I was living with my, my dad at this time, and I was preparing to go to school. I was in school yet. And I just remember, for the first time in my life, I had to crumble and pray to God for forgiveness that was not just a religious action it was actually needing forgiveness. And I remember on that day, I was crumbled on my bed in the basement, and, and I, I, was, I was crying, and I, and I remember, and I've never even heard it put into words until I got to Chi Alpha, but I rem- and, and that's actually what hooked me to Chi Alpha, is, is the, the descriptions you guys have of, of, of your relationship with God, and I remember the feeling of, like as if my heart was a throne room, and the throne of grace all became one. And I remember myself being removed from that throne of my heart. And, and Jesus saying, yes, I'm finally where I belong. After all of, all of, your, all of your selfishness, he, he was very patient with me. Um, yeah, and, and for, for that moment, that was my first interaction with the throne of grace. It, it took... It took humbling myself. It took these dog tags. I actually wear them still to this day, but it, they actually are not a symbol of oh, I'm Christian. I'm secure. Whatever walking away. They're actually a symbol of just because you claim to, claim to be Christian, doesn't mean that your walk is is showing that. And so, um, so yeah, I that was my first interaction with the throne of grace, and it was that interaction with the throne of grace that really drove an actual standard of what it looked like to interact with God. I remember throughout my walk, I would go through seasons of, of praying and feeling, feeling like God is not there. I remember going through um, seasons where, you know, I, I had emotional responses that, that weren't of God and, and thinking that they were legitimate, and it turns out I was actually hurting people in response to those. And, man, grace is, is something you don't earn. It's undeserved. And for God to say that his throne is the throne of grace, why not judgment? You know, why not any other characteristic of, of God? Why is it the throne of grace, and why is it the one thing that he says draw near to? He doesn't say, hey, this is a throne you do draw near to the moment you believe. He doesn't say, hey, this is a throne you draw, draw to whenever you're completely desperate. He says, draw near, draw near. It's a, it's a, it's a choice there. Um, to be honest, when I, when I was given this topic, the idea of drawing, drawing near to the throne of grace and boldness, um, I had a really ex- big excitement for it. But at the same time, I thought there was going to be this, this huge theological drive, these hoops you're going to have to jump through, um, this idea of, like, man, I am going to give this huge theological lesson, but the more I read about it and the more I see the, the interaction with it, it's, it's something you just do. You just draw near to the throne of grace. Um, Man, uh, man, I'm trying to decide where to go with this because I want to be sensitive. Um... The very son we believe in, um, who died and resurrected, is the one who gives us confidence to draw near to that throne of grace. He is our high priest. The idea that Jesus resurrected proved who he was. And the scripture says he's a high priest. And, and the thing is, is he's our mediator. When we pray, we, we don't have a need for a location. We don't have a need for uh, a certain religious action. He is our mediator. Um, in fact, as our mediator, um, I'm going to make sure the right scripture is up there because I want to get it right. Yeah. If you can go ahead and throw up, sorry, I forgot those pictures are still up there. Throw that up there. Thank you. Um, it says, Therefore, since we have a great high priest, Who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are. You can go ahead and throw up the next quote up there. He sympathizes with our weakness, not out of his divine knowledge but out of humbled experience you see Jesus doesn't just sympathize because he's god a lot of times when we think about Jesus we well i mean he's obviously 100% god we believe that but it's not it's not out of out of that that all things happen and all things all things he did happen it's he humbled himself that's that's who Jesus was that's who god was we're talking about the same god old testament and new The the God of the Old Testament, he's the very same God who humbled himself to be man. And um, he sympathizes with our weakness. And um, we have to know that he humbled himself so much to experience everything that we experience. Thank you, Jesus. If we go to Hebrews 10... 21 through 25. And since we have a a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembly together, as it is a habit of some, by encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. You see, the throne of grace is not just one for one great moment. It's not, it's not just there for the one great moment, the, the salvation moment. But it's there for the rest of your Christian life. Yeah. Believers, I I kind of want to... To, to ask you the question, when was the last time you approached the throne of grace? And I'm not asking when was the last time you just prayed, because yeah. I just prayed. I prayed when I was in the Marines, I prayed. But I'm asking when was the last time you went to that same throne of when you first believed, and, and when was the last time that was, and, and, and how, do you, how do you respond to that? For the non-believers, I want to ask you a question. Do you perceive this concept of the throne of grace to be a one-time commitment, a one-time thing of, of saying, I believe in Jesus, and moving on? Or, or is this going to be a full-on commitment, knowing that you can draw near? A lot of times when we think of the throne of grace, we think, man, I got to go up to it. Mm. A lot of times he says, draw near. You know, it, it, a lot of times we can just draw near. Right. It's, a, it's, a, it's an easy thing. It's an ease right. to draw near. The throne of grace is not, just, not for one great moment in your life. It is your Christian life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The throne of grace is not just for one great moment in your life. It is the Christian life. We can approach the same God throughout all scripture and existence on his throne of grace. And we can be and we can be bold about it That's right. you can be bold about it if not if, if it's not for the articulation of his forgiveness you can be bold for his faithfulness you can be bold for his security of his kingdom and people you can be bold because the, the combination of his his mighty power right. you can be bold in all these things and and expect grace but If all those things were removed, you can still expect grace and be 100% sure you'll receive grace when you approach the throne. Because he who humbled himself in our place. It's by Jesus that we know that the throne of grace is for grace. And as we went through all these characteristics of Exodus 34, all of them are credibility of why you can approach the throne, why you can draw near. And yet... After all that, you see Jesus and what he did on the cross. Yeah. And that was just, that was enough. Yeah. It's the same God. Yeah, right is. This is the very nature of his throne, because this is who he is. Grace. Worship team, you can come back up. Praise team, praise team. that's what it is. <laughs> I even wrote praise team on here, and they still said worship team. Is that great? Thank you. So good, so good. good. I want to ask you guys a question. How familiar are you with the throne of God? I'm going to go ahead and go through, because we're summarizing uh, summarizing this series, we're we're finishing up the series, and I want to go ahead and go through a list of, um, a list of the the teachings and, and the summaries of them, and and as I go through them, I want you to think about how familiar you are with the throne of God. I want you to think about the appropriate response being the fear of the Lord. And um, I want you to um, just, just meditate on these things. And so um, you can go ahead and put these up here. Duncan taught the Lord God, he taught he's a supreme ruler and master. Lord and Savior, not just Savior. There is no kingdom without a king. Everything filters through Jesus. Samantha taught compassion and gracious, uh, compassionate and gracious. You are inscribed on his hand. You are his people. This should lead to humility. Believers must be moved by compassion and show the same grace to others that we have been given. Peter taught on slow to anger. His anger is just in measure. Thank you. (laughs) His anger is just in measure. It's a response to what people have chosen. His anger is slower than what is reasonable. And his anger is turned away from soft hearts and true humility. That's why I had my night. Jake taught abounding in loyal love and faithfulness. But for the grace of God, there go I. He is far better than we deserve. The closer we get to God, the more we see of, of how far his love and faithfulness has abound. Caleb taught on forgiving inequity, transgression, and sin. You being unjust and immoral by your inner being as well as your outer actions are guilty of the whole law. You must not just accept Jesus, but embrace his kingship. He has a fundamental right on your life, for he will forgive your iniquity and your sin, and he will remember them no more. And finally CJ taught not leaving the guilty unpunished. And being unreconciled to God, you are responsible in your wrongdoings. In this, sorry, in this when you break a law, you break a heart knowing that you will die in the sin you chose to live. Moses' response was to hastily drop to the floor in worship. He heard all these sayings and he dropped to the floor in worship. My hopes for you guys tonight is, is that you would respond the same way. The characteristics of God are not to be taken for granted. I took them for granted for many years when I was in the Marines and even before. But this is a God we serve and worship. If you are a believer, I, I, my hope for you and, and the action I want you to take moving forward is not to just know this, but to actually interact with it. I want you to go ahead and, and, and observe your own prayer life and ask yourself, how often do I really sit at the feet of the throne of grace? Is your prayer life any smaller than the first time you truly submitted to God and who He is? And why is it? The Christian life is to pursue the throne of grace and to do so with boldness, with confidence. If you're having a hard time doing this, I, I I would like to ask you, is there anything you need to let go of? I know for me, I had to let go of myself. I had to let go of myself being the main character. I had to let go of my idolization for, for women and, and for being seen as a hero. We want to look at Moses and, and, and think that he was chosen, and the reason he was able to be so close was with God was that... that that he was given that certain position for the, for the sake of, of the future. And, and when we look at Joshua, as Moses walked out of the tabernacle in intimacy, Joshua was there as close as possible. The rest of Israel was standing outside waiting for Moses, saying, Moses, tell us what God said. Tell us, tell us what, God, what God has for us. Joshua was just sitting as close as possible. And I want to challenge you guys that you can get as close to God as you choose to. By drawing near to the throne of grace. You can get as close to God as you choose to by drawing near to the throne of grace. When you do this, just like Israel, you will remember what he has already done for you. Israel has spent generations going back and forth between God and and no God because of the fact that they were were in their sin and they've forgotten what God has done for them. When you, get, when you get hungry and angry, when you get hangry, you forgot that God provided. When you become in need, you forget what God has already provided. And I will tell you that if you come to the throne of grace and you pursue it in your Christian walk moving forward, that you will live a life that always remembers what God has done for you. And I want to challenge you on that. If you don't think, if, if you think it's, it's, it's not it's not right... I want to challenge you on that. Pursue the throne of grace in your prayer life. Be intentional with your prayer. And God will remind you of what he's already done. Like the first day you were saved. To approach the throne in boldness is not merely to be confident in your Christianity, nor is it to be respectful to your traditions. Boldness to the throne is to have real reverence and awe, driven as a response to a sober sense of reality of who god is and who you are to pursue the throne of grace is to respond in humility of who god is and who you are father we are so grateful that you have provided god we're thankful that you have become our mediator that we don't have to go to a high priest. That we don't have to go to a temple, God. But that you dwell amongst us, you dwell in us. And God, I pray that you would allow us not to, to ignorantly walk away from that, God. But that as we live a Christian life, the Christian life has to be a life of prayer. And so, God, I, I thank you that you're our mediator. God, allow us to not forget that. But remind us of where we came from. Remind us that we can easily draw near to the throne of grace and boldness. Not not because of what we've done, God, but because of who you are. Because of what you did on the cross. God, with all these characteristics and how mighty and powerful you are, God, you have have proven that we can draw near with boldness. So, Father, we thank you and all you've done. Jesus, we worship you.
0: For more information, please visit xaunc.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at xaunc, and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.